Bulldog 3-3, Apache 8 November, fire for effect, over. Enemy OP on hilltop, over. Welcome everybody to Everlasting Veteran. I am your host, Ryan Landry. I'm excited. I'm joined in studio again, once again, with Rob, the warrior strategist out of San Diego, California. Rob, thanks for coming on again. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. That intro gives me chills every time I hear it. It is such a testament to the power of the show, man. So thank you for allowing me to be here. Yeah, I, I, I love it. It just uh, kind of ties everything in. And, you know, I use uh, original footage that I took and photos and stuff like that. So I try to keep it as genuine as possible. I love it. And uh, I was I was so excited when I got the message and the invite to uh, to come back and I'm really excited today to just share some stuff about business and PR and uh, really get in some strategies that can help some folks in business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think uh, a lot of people, you know, they, they want to get into business. Uh, they want to kind of start their own company, but having a good understanding, a good foundation, not just a platform, but the foundation is the key thing when you're starting things up um, and networking, you know. Networking is a big thing. You know, it's not something that you can do overnight. Uh, it's not something that, you know, just comes easily. You know, you also have to be good at talking to people and be able to, you know, kind of close the conversation, as I call it, you know, kind of like closing a deal. Yeah, yeah. Your personality bleeds over in your business performance for sure. And I find that people that are super and, – and I'm really talking to veterans right now uh, – People that are super personable, have good energy, and that are very friendly and outgoing will do better in business. They will attract sales. They will attract people to that network. Um, and I'm finding that more veterans need to step out of their shell and focus on their PR, their visibility. You know, one thing that was really interesting about me and you, Ryan, is that we started our own media platforms. And so for me, I founded Ship Magazine, and then you started Everlasting Veteran Podcast. And so people that pair a media platform with their business model have some advantages and and i really think that a lot more people should look into this as a strategy so for example you get to interview famous people and make those connections you know your connection with jen ford's incredible um that was a, a great past guest um you get to sell advertising you get to give yourself advertising and then you also are looked at as a higher level professional if you are, if you have some type of media platform. Right. Um, so it's a good strategy, man. I mean, you, you launched everlasting veteran, you, you've grown it, you know, it's become this thing. It's got like clothing and, and merch and these amazing guests. I mean, you did the Rob formula right out the gate of just reaching out and landing some really high tier interviews, um, which is a great strategy. Uh, so what do you think? What do you think about veterans uh, starting a media platform in conjunction, in alignment with their business model? Well, we talked about it before. I mean, there's there's a difference between, I mean, LinkedIn is, is a social media platform in a sense, uh, but there's different levels to social media platforms. You know, you have your Facebook, you have your Instagram, your Twitter, but LinkedIn is the professional kind of version of the social media world. Uh, it's where a lot of people are able to broadcast what they're, professional attributes are 
uh, what, you know, showcase their strong suits, what they're capable of doing and be able to put out product. And I mainly use it for everlasting veteran. Um, you know, the other business I have is more of a personal endeavor. Um, you know, I don't have a business partner with that, nor do I have one for everlasting veteran. But everlasting veteran is for the veteran community. I, I've, I'm building this, you know, and, you know, it's been since end of February, early March, you know, that it started and it's grown to what it is now. I mean, I have eight trademarks. I have a clothing line. I have, um, you know, marketing and strategy planning, um, sponsorship packages. You have to learn how to monetize whatever you can if you want to build a good business platform. And the way to do it with social media is be able to network. You want to network with similar level professionals that will up your game. You know, you want to link up with people in the same level and you want to have people above. You also want to have people below because any insight at each level is going to help you be a better professional. I agree. And, and it's interesting because understand that bigger picture, everybody has value in the sense that I know a lot of veterans that just share my stuff. Like they've never bought for me. They never work with me professionally, but they share my stuff obsessively. And they're just as valuable to me as somebody that pegs a pegs out a, a three month contract. You know, it, it's, and I have to make sure I, I reward them with gratitude and, you know, I help them with what they're working on too. And people don't understand, like you do, like you said something really smart, right? You need, you need people at both ends of the spectrum. You need people that you can learn from, but you also need people that you can mentor and you can help grow because you're probably somewhere right in the middle, you know, most veterans and you need to make sure that you're taking care of both sides. All right. Yeah. And the other, the other side to it too, is people have to understand is you have to be clear on your objective. You have to be clear on, you know, if people are going to share your posts, some people look at quote partnerships as, you know, this, I'll share your stuff. You share my stuff. Um, but when you dive really into it in a professional sense of a partnership, that's when you get into, you know, an actual contract, an agreement in which both parties are completing X, Y, and Z. Um, and you have to meet each other in the middle of that agreement and be able to fulfill whatever you guys agree to, you know, and that brings it to the next level. You know, and a lot of people kind of steer away from it because they they don't understand the structure, I think, as much as they should. Um, because when you really dive into starting up a business, whether it's an LLC, and yes, a lot of people are going to hate me for this. Nonprofits are, can be a business model as well. People can't look at nonprofits as just free money. If you don't treat anything in a business model, you have to make money to spend money. And in order to do so, it all depends on how you're generating income for what you have going on. Now, there are people that will just, oh, I'm just going to share your stuff. There's some people that will actually go out and try to get leads for you, try to, you know, and then in turn, you know, you have to, you have to give and take, you know, back and forth. Um, but to bring it to the next level, truly bring it to a professional level, you're going to have to do contracts. And a lot of people steer away from those because they, they don't understand them because a lot of them it's written by lawyers. Um, but actually being able to understand those contracts, you're going to be better off because it's going to protect you. It's going to protect them. You guys can work together. I always say business is business, right? When you do business, you know, that's, it's strictly business. Leave the personal stuff outside of it. 
And it's hard for people to separate that sometimes. Yeah. I, um, I always say get a contract for anything over $500. And over the years, I've learned that the most important parts of the contract is the deliverables, the dates of deliverables, uh, the dollar amounts, and the refund policy. So anytime I issue a contract for a client, I put all the important stuff in red so they can see it. And I, I make sure to highlight the parts that they might overlook that might bite them in the ass later. Because, right. you know, three months down the line, people forget, they get busy and they're like, oh, I, I don't remember um, if I owed that person an article or not, you know, blah, 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 whatever. The contract is the only protection you really have. And so um, veterans, especially, they don't always come out of the military with business sophistication and they look at contracts as something that's like super complicated. And even if you're not doing like you did it right, you did it through a lawyer, you know, you did it as professionally as you could. I grabbed a template off the Internet and I would say it's at about, you know, 55 percent of a normal contract. It, it's safe, but it's not like legalese. Yeah. But um, at least it's something. And so veterans need to not shy away from that because a contract sometimes uh, it protects both of you. It keeps you from doing extra work. And it also, it, it, you know, it keeps the client from coming back to you two months later and saying, hey, uh, you can you do this, this and this and, and then not wanting to pay you. So it's these little things, man. I totally agree. Contracts are the first step in leveling up in business for sure. Right. Yeah. And just to add to that, I mean, you know, we talked about it months ago. Um, not just with the, uh, not just with the contracts, but you know, when you get into business and you start to level up, there's certain progressions that you need to take. Um, you know, and I'm not saying change who you are, but when you have a business model that, uh, one doesn't have a good foundation to start off with, you know, you kind of do this like pyramid scheme type of thing with your business, um, you know, prioritize stuff and everything. And, you know, what's your end goal? A lot of people, I feel like, they just, they have an idea, but they don't have a finish line, you know? And once they reach that finish line, they haven't set another goal yet, right? You got to be setting goals in advance. Like, you know, this is coming up. We're going to reach this goal. Like for me, you know, I wanted to at least get one dog donated, you know, in the first six months that I was up in operation, right? And we were able to do that in July uh, down at an event in North Carolina, Man 22 Suicide Awareness Run. Um, got a hold of the head of Through Tragedy Comes Light. And I put it on him to find the veteran because I didn't want people to think I'm playing favorites or anything like that. Um, and I'm literally going down and I don't know anybody there. Um, you know, so it was one of the things for Everlasting Veteran and a goal that I set for myself. And I obtained that goal. Now I have another dog ready to go and I plan on donating it on and around veterans day. Right. Yeah. You know, once you take the three steps forward, you can't take steps back because you're going to hinder yourself from progression, you know, uh, have those goals set in place before you reach the next goal. Yeah, I, I agree because too many people um, wake up and they don't have a battle plan and they're reactive versus proactive. And right. if you imagine, like, it's the, the analogy is Afghanistan with no exit strategy. Like, just going in, you, you allocate all your resources, you're like, okay, what's going to happen in five years? What's our, and the Army's actually very good at this stuff. Like, they'll walk into a mission, and they're like, okay, we want this to happen, we want that to happen, we want these metrics met, blah, blah, blah. 
So why aren't more veteran business owners doing the same thing with their business and saying, hey, in 2023, I'm going to make X amount of dollars. This month, I'm going to make X amount of dollars because we measure performance in two ways. Uh, we measure it in revenues and we measure it in actual performance, like getting stuff done, taskers. So those are the two ways we can measure the health and the output of a, a person or a business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, t I tell people, I mean, if you ever read the 10X book um, by Grant Cardone, there's a lot of good takeaways in that, you know, and the biggest thing is simplifying, simplifying your goals. So like, you know, in the first, you know, if you have a big goal, your first year projections, you know, a million dollars, whatever you're doing. All right. You got to make 2000 something dollars a day to reach that goal. However you do it, however many hours you put in, but if your goal is a million dollars in a year, right, you have to simplify it. It doesn't matter how you get there. That's your goal. And a lot of people, you know, if you break away from the nine to five, right, which a lot of people are stuck in, right, that once a week paycheck or every two weeks, which you're used to in the military, you think, okay, I need to clock out, right? That's the mindset you're in. Well, when you get into entrepreneurship, all right. And you're, you're your own boss. You have your own schedule and everything else. You make your schedule. You do, you put your hours in, you're not clocking in and clocking out like the nine to five. And a lot of people have to kind of break that mindset when you get into your own business and, you know, really try to grow it. Yeah. It's, it's uh, there's definitely a mindset shift because you have, un you have almost unlimited freedom when you start your own business, but you also have to make every decision. But the thing that in the back of my head, that's the advantage, you have unlimited income potential. There is no cap. There is no going in the HR office and begging for a raise every year, you know, for 2% or 1.5%. You just sell more and work a little harder and you can give yourself that raise. Mm -hmm. And so more people, I mean, if they really want to scale, they have to put in the internal work. Okay, they have to grow. And, and this is the one thing if I could grab a veteran by the collar and say, this is what you need to fix. The, the one thing is do some professional development, you know, uh, uh, study some uh, small business administration videos on marketing or read a marketing book or freaking uh, get a mentor that's hit seven figures. You know, you and I know a lot of millionaires but they've all done professional development. They've all, right. they're all networking groups. They're all growing as people because if a veteran walks in and they're cheap and they are a lone wolf and they, they refuse to invest in their business, they refuse to hire experts or coaches. They're never going to grow. You can only take your business as far as your mind can take you. And if a person is riddled with all these weird little things, you know, imposter syndrome, poverty mindset, you know, fear of investment, fear of judgment, all this shit. It's going to keep your business from growing to where it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, you need a million dollars to start a business. You don't. Uh, you do need some capital. You do need to have a budget plan, you know, and whatever you decide to do. I mean, if people get into, say, podcasting, you know, obviously you want to get recommendations from people in the audio world um, of what equipment to buy before you start, you know, spending money on cheap stuff, you know, and down the road, you know, you just wasted that money on that, which you could have used for something else, you know, and that's, that's one thing I see a lot of times, you know, and I reached out to uh, this guy, Scott Boland, that I know uh, he used to be a guitarist in the band sugar and he owns uh Reading, um, audio, uh, the U S uh, 
branch. And uh, it was my first connection before I even did anything. I said, hey, what do you recommend? I plan on starting a podcast. He goes, you know, I'm not in the podcast realm. I'm like, yeah, I know you're in high-end microphones, but you're in the audio world, right? You know what's going to sound right, you know, what companies to go with, that type of thing. And I only, I only say it because we're on a podcast right now, right? If I bought cheap stuff right from the beginning, right? Obviously, cameras, studio, all that kind of stuff, that's that's kind of down the road. But you at least want to sound good. People are listening to podcasts. You know, you may glitch a little bit with a camera. It's fine. But as long as you sound good, people can hear what you're saying. Um, you know, you, you're 10 times ahead of the game. Um, now, when it comes to kind of branching off, you know, and expanding, people don't think about visibility. People don't think about how can I network more, right? And that's where visibility comes into play as well because when you become visible, people know you exist. They don't know you exist when you start stuff up. So if you're trying to reach an audience or reach people, you have to network. You have to come up with some type of visibility plan or hire somebody that is an expert in the field or has a very, very good understanding. They may not call themselves an expert, but have the network to be able to get yourself out there so you can reach an audience and land on a platform, you know, build that foundation. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, um, I jumped into visibility about six years ago and I created this course called tactical CEQ and I realized that there are four elements to visibility and, and I cobbled together, you know, it was like Voltron, like all these different things coming together um, to make this crazy visibility plan. And this is what got me 230 media interviews, you know, 231 counting today, something like that. Um, but it has to do with four things. And if you apply this to a person or a business, you will get more visibility without a lot of work. So the first thing, strategic social media, post with intent. You know, nobody cares about your dinner last night. Post things that mean stuff, you know, promote other people, um, teach your industry, uh, you know, give lessons about what you do, tell client wins, you know, give cool screenshots of whatever it is that you do, things like that. Social media has to have purpose. So that's the first tenant. And then um, media interviews. So always be booking podcasts, you know, try and get on the news, try and get on TV reach out to magazines. Interviews are not nearly as hard to secure as people think. You just have to make the effort and you have to learn how to write a pitch. Um, celebrity and influencer partnerships. So reach out to famous people. And like you said, find people with big followings and make those connections. And then last is teacher industry where you're giving business lessons. You're literally like teaching people what it is that you do through Facebook Live or through posts, things like that. But if you add those four elements together to your business, you will be unstoppable. You will be visible. And that was the, the tenant of tactical CEQ and why it took off the way it did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, one thing we discussed, um, you know, when I, when I started launching, you know, sponsorship packages and stuff is, you know, you have to understand your audience. You have to understand, how do I say this? You have to understand your strengths and weaknesses. All right. If, I'm not in the world of just straight visibility, right? I need to team up with somebody that is, and that's yeah. where you and I work well together. You know, I don't a hundred, I'm not a hundred percent in the visibility realm and you, you know, have, you know, more experience than I do. Uh, it's only natural that when I put out packages, I have offerings in which include your expertise as well. 
because the only way to be able to truly generate sponsorship visibility, you know, and get networking out like that and build your business is to work with others as well. You don't have to give them a piece of your company, but you can, you can build your company with them, you know, where they're independent contractor, you know, in accordance of what your company is doing, you know, and you both grow. Yeah, it, it's um, it's always powerful when two people have different skill sets and they come together and they can fill in the, the the missing puzzle pieces in each other's business models. You know, you and I came together and you got an entire TV series on the news that was stellar, and because we made the you know the contact with that reporter, you got mm-hmm. some press releases, you got some business articles out there. So now Everlasting Veteran has this Google presence where it's like pop 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 all stacked up. So if a sponsor is looking at your stuff, they're like, oh. Ryan's credible. Holy crap. Ryan's been on the news. He's been in shift magazines, done all this stuff. And that's, that's the key to visibility is being seen across multiple platforms. And that's when people start to trust you and know that you're a professional. Yeah. Yeah. And that leads me to my next point is, you know, people have to understand too, is things cost money, right? Media pitches, uh, time and effort. Um, if that's the, if that's the realm, if you're, if you're looking for a service, a service costs money, you know, it's different, you know, if you're providing the services, say, you know, in agreements with a, a nonprofit or something, you're volunteering your services, stuff like that to help them out. But if you're coming to somebody and you want, you know, visibility, you want a package, you want it, you know, right and tight and you want to, you know, make a splash, you can't be like, hey, can you do this one for free? You know, you have to you have to have financial backing when you're going into this. And a lot of people have to understand that is again, business is business. People do this for a living, right? They do this to make money because there is a market for it. If there wasn't a market for it, you know, people wouldn't be looking for others to push their stuff out. You know, everybody would just share everybody's stuff on social media and I'll write a news article about a random person, you know, like people have to understand that. And I think a lot of times that's sometimes why I get frustrated because, you know, I create, you know, a, say a visibility sponsorship package and I'm okay with, all right, you have a product, you know, that product benefits everlasting veteran, you know, we work out, you know, financial situation where, you know, cost of product equals X of sponsorship package and you can work that stuff out. But you also have to understand is if you keep doing that, all you're going to end up with clutter in your house, you know? So you have to come to, you know, kind of a crossroad where you have to limit yourself as well. Also don't, you know, you can't help everybody all at once, you know? So you do have to limit yourself to a certain extent of the amount of people that you work with starting off, the amount of people that you can actually help starting off as well. Um, You know, and you don't want to put yourself in the hole. You know, that's the, that's the main thing. You don't want to put yourself in the hole right off the get-go. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of business models are leaking water and Mm. they, they do it. And I I did it too. My first couple of years and a couple of the mistakes that I made, you know, basic stuff. First of all, I sold stuff that I thought was cool that nobody wanted because I did no market research. Uh, It was, it was very low price and it wasn't the most amazing quality because I didn't know about branding back then. Um, so if you're selling like $27 eBooks and you're not really on the radar, you know, you're going to struggle to pay your rent. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, 
you need you need to work on branding. You need to work on the solution that you're that you're solving, especially if you're in a service based business. And then you need to work on the optimal strategy for your business type. So there's either service or goods. I mean, that that's it. And so if you're goods based, it's going to be visuals. It's going to be really high res photography. It's going to be, you know, uh, Pinterest, Instagram and, and TikTok videos, you know, to sell goods or Facebook stories. Um, if you are services, it's a whole different ballgame because there's psychology. So with goods, emotional decision based on visuals. Somebody sees something like your, your uh, hooded sweatshirts and they're like, I want that. Click buy. Boom. Done. Right. Emotional decision. I need that. I buy it. It's an impulse buy. That's what you focus right. on. Goods based. Service based. There's the additional step of closing the sale. So a lot of times, especially in my industry, I have to get on calls with people. And I have to talk to them. I have to take them through this, this entire conversation, guide them to a place, qualify them to make sure that they are going to be a good client. And then we talk about the budget. We talk about the services. And I create a custom strategy for what their business needs. So it's, it's a little bit more complicated, but the zeros are a lot better too. Um, and so you need to understand, okay, what does it take to make a sale in a goods-based business? What does it take to make a sale in a service-based business? I call this the customer journey because they usually see you. And then how do you take them from seeing you into buying something from you? And so a lot of people in early years of business don't understand the customer journey. They just get on. You've seen this, Ryan. You go on LinkedIn. Somebody's in there like uh, trying to sell you insurance in your inbox. You have no idea who this clown is. And, yeah. and it's instantly like, hey, Ryan, could you use more leads for your real estate business or your, you know, um, they, they miss industry you sometimes. That's how I really know they're not paying attention. So if somebody comes to you and they're like, hey, Ryan, I know you lay bricks for a living. <laughs> could you yeah. use more, more qualified leads? <laughs> you know, and they've got their they've got a picture of them and their click funnels award behind them or something. But the yeah. point is um, people that just try for a lot of sales pitches without building the relationship first are failing hard and they're floundering. And I feel bad for him because I was that guy for a year. I wasn't focused on solving a problem. I was focused on making a sale. And mm -hmm. once you adjust that mindset and you flip it around, I don't have to be the guy cold calling. I don't have to be the guy uh, in people's inboxes. They're coming to me because I'm really visible about what I'm doing, the clients that are winning, you know, getting people like you on the news and getting you on the Brett Davis podcast and like all this different cool stuff that we've, we've yeah. done to get EV really visible. Um, so that's the, that's the thing. The biggest mindset uh, obstacle that people need to overcome is figuring out what problem you solve and being really visible about how you solve it and how good you are at solving it. Yeah. Flip that around. Sales will come. People will find the best. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, to add, just to add to that, I agree with that. And just to add to it, you know, when you, when you have a service, right, especially when you're starting out and even, even if you keep going with it and you're doing well, it's nothing to do a 30 minute quick call because you may not be able to fulfill their needs or, you know, they just might not be the right client for you, you know? You have to understand in business as well, it's a give or take. Just because you provide the service does not mean that, you know, you you have to take that client on. It could be a detriment to your business too, you know, so people kind of have to think about that as well. Dude, uh, I should have listened to quite a few red flags in the early days. I've, I've fired 
probably two or three clients, not naming anybody, um, or professional, but, um, if, if you, if somebody feels weird in your gut, trust your gut. Uh, that's yeah. all I'm going to say. I I've bought people out of their contracts, uh, just to not have to work with them anymore. And you're right. You do have to onboard people. You look for personality flaws. You look for the people that have unrealistic expectations and you can read a lot from a call. I always say get on calls with everybody. Don't just let people uh, hire you without like really getting to know them. And first of all, making sure that your zone of genius matches their problem. Because right. that's another thing is that some people in the early days will take jobs they're not qualified for. And so somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, Rob, uh, can you do all my marketing? I'm like, no, uh, I'm going to turn you over to Justin Charpentier. You know, he, he's a, a pro at it or Evan Derv, like somebody that's got results and that's really good at that. Um, is marketing involved in some of the things I do? Kind of, but I'm not, I'm not marketing and I'm not a, a PR agency. I'm not uh, a copywriter. You know, uh, there's certain things that once they say these words, um, you're DQ, you're no, you're no longer in that client realm, but I'm going to reco you to a, a, somebody in the bro network that I trust. And they're yeah. going to get that service you need. You got to, you got to match it up. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, you know, and the thing is, is a lot of veterans, myself included, when I got out of active duty, you're very rough around the edges. All right. Because you, <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's, I can't imagine that at all, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when it comes and you know me, when it comes to business, you know, we, we, like yesterday, you know, I gave you a call. I just wanted to call and say, hi, you know, there wasn't a business call. Right. But when it comes down to business, I have a very serious tone to it, you know, because I take it seriously, you know, it's my time, it's my energy, it's my money. Um, you know, and you have to have, you, you know, you have to be respectful. You have to, you know, um, you know, treat the business relationship in a proper manner. Um, you know, but at the same time, you have to understand that business is business. And then after whatever conversation you're doing, you know, when business is closed and you decide it's closed, by all means, hey, how's your day? What you doing? You know, um, you know, focus on the mission. You know, we're really good at it in the military. Focus on the mission when the mission's complete. Right. Then then get to, you know, having, you know, a good time, relax and enjoy what you've started to build or building. So, but you got multiple articles, you said, that you've, you're starting to write? Yeah, so I'm working on the next issue of Shift Magazine. And uh, like yesterday when you called, I was working on like six articles. And so I had to... I had to be like phone on silent, like completely laser focused because, um, you know, I, I just got back from reserve tour. And so I had to turn my business off for 30 days pretty much. And now September's just been catch up and it's been amazing. But sometimes if, if you're the, you know, the center point of content, you gotta, you gotta like really just produce time management. Very important. Like my life's a little crazy right now, just cause I'm dealing with so many people and trust me, I'm not complaining. Like this is who I wanted to be, but it's it's sometimes very time sensitive and i have to you know i have to make sure that i'm, I'm servicing the client but also like you know putting out stuff because i'm like you i'm a content creator and, and yeah. you, need to, you need to make sure that you're, you're creating content at a level that um that your audience needs 
Yeah. And that, and that's the other, you know, our transitions are, are perfect. Like that's why I love working with you because we think on the same page um, as far as, you know, the way business models should be, how you should conduct your business, you know, and everything else. A lot of people don't understand algorithms. They don't understand media, pre- you know, social media presence uh, and how it affects your visibility with your business or product or anything else like that. Um, you know, I, I have rock and Frenchies, you know, on board, you know, for another season. Um, I also have another breeder that's coming on board. She saw, you know, the, uh, progression, you know, over an eight week period, uh, with rock and Frenchies, you know, I do website builds from the ground up, you know, very simple ones, very complex e-commerce ones as well. In eight weeks, you know, from the start of building the website to the end of season two, it went from just built the website to being the first thing in the search engine, followed by Instagram, uh, Twitter, you know, it was the first eight things that pops up, you know, when you do a Google search, you know, and jumping into the Google algorithm is huge when it comes to business huge and people don't really kind of grasp that or they do to a certain extent, but they're not willing to put the work in. Yeah. And that's part of, that's part of the fun is figuring out what's going to make you pop up on Google more. And if you Google Rob, the warrior strategist, my presence is pretty robust. Um, it even surprises me sometimes. Um, couple pages and it's from being across multiple platforms, just like you, you know, so if I'm on TikTok and I see you, I always share your stuff, your episodes. You know, I pop in a comment, I pop in a like, whatever. I'm, I'm helping that engagement. You know, same yeah. with Instagram. Um, so being seen across a couple different platforms, being consistent. Every week, a person should be either writing a blog or posting some articles on LinkedIn or getting an interview. Like there should be something to keep you in the algorithm. And if it sounds exhausting, it's because it is. It's work, right? But guess what you're not doing? You're not slaving away in a cubicle for somebody else, right? right? You're making your own money. And that's part of the job description. You know, as the Green Berets say, this is what we signed up for. And so if you're not ready to, to if you want to be an online sensation, you need to be a content creator and you need to accept it and start making it fun. If it ever feels like it's not fun, go back to the office, get that application from Walmart. So you're not cut out for this life. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you've got enough time to spend on TikTok to get your news and scroll through the 30 second videos to find out what's going on in the world, you know, you have enough time to create your own content because when I'll be on TikTok now and I'll, I'll scroll through just to kind of see, you know, kind of the creative nature that other people have. I, I have a different mindset to it. I'm scrolling through other people's profiles to get creative influence on my own stuff, you know, and you have to do that. Don't compare yourself to people. Don't say, well, I'm doing this. Why am I not, you know, getting, getting the results? It's because they're probably putting in more work than you, you know, but at the same time, you have to get creative influences from other people. You know, not everything that I do is going to work for Rob, the warrior strategist, you know, but you know, when I look at your content or I look at somebody else's content, you know, you can scroll through and kind of see, you know, how often do they post? You know, what kind of hashtags do they use? What kind of, you know, tags of other people do they use? The other big thing, be careful of tagging everybody in every single post. 
yeah, you can do at followers, whatever. If it's an important thing, you're putting it up to the top of your profile, you know, but, you know, don't selectively pick, you know, 15 people all the time, those same 15 people, because what's going to end up happening, they're going to hit, uh, don't see as much content from that person and you're going to filter out of their newsfeed. You just, you just said some two things that are really important. I'm going to show you something real quick. So one thing, if you want to, if you want to get better um, at what you're doing and you want higher engaging content, you need to grow. And what you said was look to other people for creative growth. And what I will say is emulate, don't copy. And so when you're looking at, say, a TikTok video, and you're like, how do I get better at TikTok? You know, you look at how people are using the graphics. Are, are they using, like, the thing I guess they're using is CapCut. And that's going to be my next uh, training, self-training, is learning CapCut. And so whether it's TikTok videos, whether it's podcasting, in my case, a magazine, you have to figure out what does growth look like? How do you go from something that's like C minus level to A minus level? And so perfect example, this is what Shift used to look like. And it wasn't a bad looking magazine, but you can see we had the white border. The paper was kind of thin. You know, it looked more like a pamphlet. This is what shift looks like today. And so yeah. what I did, I figured out how to make it, you know, full full cover with no border. We up leveled the, the glossy paper so it looks it's a lot thicker. It looks mm -hmm. better uh, when it's printed out all this stuff. So we made a better product. And this is what gets people behind you is that if you're starting off, learn how to up level. What is that next level? How do you make EV better? You know, how do I make shift better? How do you make your TikTok videos better? Always have a plan for growth or or the next level in branding. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny. I looked at those two magazines. The first one, you know, looks like National Geographic's. And then now it looks like, you know, the cover of like, you know, ESPN. You know, like, you know, some type very high quality, uh, up to date. I mean, National Geographic has kind of stuck with their their thing. That's their brand. That's how, you know that's how you recognize them, right? right. And they've stuck with it. You the know, yellow order. Yeah, the big same, yellow, but, same logo. Same yeah. logo. That's their thing. They stuck with it. People recognize it. That's brand recognition. You know, you know if if it works, you know, don't fix it. You know, but if you're if you're trying to stay with the trend, that's a different story. You have to, you know up your game, you have to change graphics. You know, it's, it's the same thing when it comes down to as simplistic as what clothes people wore in the eighties versus what people wear now. Right. What's trending now, you know, wasn't the same thing in the eighties. You can't, you know, you can't repeat the same thing, you know, and ex expect, you know, different results, you know, and, you know, it, it's a testament to, you know, your geniusness when it comes to, you know, the magazine, the guests you have in there, you know, writing, writing stuff about them, you know, and a lot of people have to understand Rob, the warrior strategist. All right. He's just not going, okay, what's your name? What do you like to eat for breakfast? You know, where do you go for a walk? You know, he's getting to know the person doing his research more so on the back end, and then coming up with, you know, explicit articles that are keen to the niche in which the person is in. So that way he can showcase the person, the best that their, his ability in his magazine, you know, and I think a lot of people have to understand that when you get into visibility, it's not just getting to know your clients a little bit. You have to do a little bit of investigating because they may leave stuff out. They may leave stuff out that may be the best visibility side for them. They just don't see it. I 
first of all, I appreciate that, Ryan. And I always learn about myself when I listen to how people talk about me and my work. So it's, it's, it's always a great light bulb. Um, and, and when I ask those questions, I don't just sit down and write an interview, you know, what'd you have for breakfast? What's your kid's name? You know, all that, that stupid stuff. Like I, I want every interview to have at least two abilities, two places where somebody can learn something really deep. I deconstruct processes. I deconstruct like somebody does something really well. I want to know like what their sequence was or figuring that out. Like how, how does, how does Ryan Landry immediately become a high level podcaster? You know, if I was asking these interview questions, he'd say, well, Rob, I invested in my podcast equipment immediately. I looked at top tier podcasts to find out how that, what their distro plan was. I immediately got an eye catching logo that had to go through a few iterations before I found what I was doing. And then I built a brand with the clothing, the logo, you know, I, I created this backdrop, all this stuff. So that would be deconstructing your process. And if somebody follows this, they could emulate you and they could, they could uh, have a, a great podcast as well. Cause you, dude, you, you set a very high standard and I've always admired that about you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing, you know, when I create something that I take a passion in, you know, and I'm putting my heart and soul into it, you know, and it's not just for me, you know, this, this podcast platform is for every single veteran, you know, nonprofit, um, anybody that wants to tell their story where they think they can help and improve somebody else's life. Right. You can't put a value on that. Right. Because if we can't, we can't learn how to put stuff out there, put our stories out there, especially in the veteran community to be able to help better each other. Right. Then we're doing a disservice to our fellow veteran. Right. If you're coming to me and you, like I said, you have a service in which you want to promote, you have a book, you have X, Y, Z, whatever. Then we're talking visibility plan. Right. We're talking, you know, a package deal, you know, elevated media package, whatever. But if you're getting on my podcast to tell your story, that's going to benefit somebody else and help them with their growth. All right. I don't charge. Right. I think it's stupid. What, what benefit do I get out of it? Because I can monetize in many other different ways. Right. And people have to understand that when you monetize, right. What are you monetizing for? What's the end result for it? All right. Because if you just monetize just to make money, right, you're going to fail before you succeed because that's not the part of branding. People have to, people have to be invested in you first and foremost, get behind your vision and what your plan is. And then they get behind the brand. Right. So I'm a very hands-on guy. Right. Donating a dog. I'm not just donating money to an organization. I housed the first one for two and a half weeks before I drove it down to North Carolina. Right. And hand my daughter handed over the dog, you know, to the veteran, uh, Shad down in North Carolina, you know, and he's about a year away, a little less than a year away from getting out of the military. Uh, and he's with the special forces group down there. Right. And it, I take such pride and joy in being able to help other people, you know, that are in the veteran realm, the veteran world, because if we're going to do it while we're in service, why don't we do it when we're out? Then you can take those same values and apply it to your business. You just have to pick and choose, right? Where you're going to monetize and when you're going to monetize. 
And so my avenue of approach is I'll monetize with my clothing brand. I'll monetize with my sponsorship packages. I'll monetize with my weekly donators, which I appreciate everybody that's uh, become a weekly donator. You're helping get food and pay for the dog's training, future service dogs. You know, I'll monetize that way. And then the podcast is now just a a, a vessel of the company, right? And I have all these different avenues of approach you know, within everlasting veteran, you know, so people have to kind of think where, what direction do they want to go in? Where do you want to land your feet after you start? All right. And what's your next big goal after that? Because if you don't set up a business plan in that, that sense, you're going to be in one lane, you're going to be stuck in that one lane and you're not going to have growth because you've narrowed yourself into one lane, which podcasting, I mean, you're competing with Jocko, you're competing with bad friends, you're competing, all these huge names, right? And especially like bad friends or any of these celebrities that have been networking together for decades, right? Bad friends, they were on um, Ashton Kutcher's pranked, you know, people don't realize that, but they had a platform to begin with, you know, Bobby Lee is a comedian, right? He has a platform to begin with, you know, people have to understand that is in order to get to that level, it takes time. You're not, it, there's not going to be overnight growth, but as long as you have day-to-day growth, all right, you're making progress. And that's what you need to focus on. Not focus on how much, how much money am I making today? Right? No, you focus on how many people know I exist because when you're in, it's the same sense in real estate, right? If you're a real estate agent, which I am, all right, if I'm not, upfront in people's faces, not annoying, but if people don't consistently know that I exist, they move on to another agent, right? It's the same concept. Right. And, and the one mindset thing that people need to adjust, you don't step onto a basketball court and say, uh, oh, I'll never be Michael Jordan. You know, I'm going to be intimidated to play basketball because I'll never be Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen or something. Right. Um, if you walk into the podcast realm and you immediately start issuing excuses about like comparing yourself to Jocko or to Joe Rogan or something, stop. And what you said is perfect. It it is a gradual climb over time. John Lee Dumas is one of the most famous veteran podcasters of all time. But when he started off, he was doing shows seven days a week. He worked like an animal and he, he got that steady growth. And over time, consistency will pay off. It is the long game. So don't yeah. walk in intimidated because you don't have Jocko numbers. You don't have Joe Rogan numbers. Those are like the unicorns of the industry. You can't, <laughs> you can't like step into the skate park and be like, oh, my God, I never want to be a skater because I'm never going to be like Tony Hawk. You know, you need to realize that you can be that next big thing. You can be a rock star, but project it out. Give it time to like a garden to grow naturally over time. And you, you get better at what you're doing and eventually your audience will find you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that brings me to my next point. Very well said is your followers will come. It's like the field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. All right. If you're so focused on how many followers I'm getting, yeah, you want to kind of keep an eye on it because you want to, you want to be able to, you know, see if your numbers are going up and down, you know, but, you don't really want to harp on it because if you're so focused on, I need to get followers, I need to get followers. If you have visibility and you put out good content, 
key word, content in which people can relate to and like listening to, all right, or watching, all right? And I tell you, like, there's some times that, you know, I've had a guest on and it's just, it's somewhat of an awkward conversation, you know? Um, you know, things go, you know, maybe 30 minutes, maybe 40 minutes, you know? And for me, like, a lot of my stuff, a lot of my content is all about either A, transition, B, how to self-improve yourself, whether you're a veteran or not, all right, how to grow your business. Um, you know, the structure of my podcast isn't anything like, you know, Jocko's or anybody else's. I don't compare myself to anybody else, right? Because I'm my own person. If you start comparing yourself, and this goes to, you know, what you said, just adding on to it, you start comparing yourself to these other people, you know, you you almost in a sense stop being you, right? And people smell fake. People smell, you know, I forget. I think it was Jocko that actually said it. And it was only a short clip on TikTok. I haven't still, I'm on season three and I still have not watched a full episode of any single podcast out there. People tell me I'm crazy, but you know what? I, that's just me. I feel like if I'm just me and I just put out my content where, you know, I feel like it is the best position for the podcast. I don't dive into that realm. It's like that social media rabbit hole, you know, you dive down that rabbit hole and all of a sudden you're, you're looking at, um, you know, Jocko's podcast and you end up on hobby horsing, you know? And I ran across that the other day and I'm like an hour and a half later, I'm like, okay, this was not a productive hour and a half, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I don't know how I got to where I did, but it's it's this, it's the same same concept, you know. If you get go down that rabbit hole of comparison, when you're you know you're in the same space, in a sense, you know it's it's the same. They're podcasts, right? But being genuine, being who you are, and putting out content which is relevant to what you're doing, right, is the key thing, key takeaway from all of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to you don't want to you know get your you don't want to uh, transform into like one of those fake radio personalities. Hey, this Italian, the warlock, 96.5, you know, your, your dumb radio voice. You just, you want to be a human being that's approachable and accessible and you never want to lose the authentic um, sides of yourself. You know, I will always talk about the failures I've, I've, I've had. I will talk about if I have a bad month, like I'll, I never ever pretend to be something that I'm not, you know, I'm not out on Instagram you know, taking photos of a lifestyle that I don't, you know, the rent a jet and a Lambo and all this stuff. I'm, I, yeah. I'm me. Like I, sometimes I eat, I eat Chef Boyardee out of a can, you know, I, I'm still very rough around the edges in some ways. I, I'm a, a, what do I call myself? An educated savage. And, <laughs> and it's that authenticity that will make people connect with you and like you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the videos you put out of, you know, your $5 gourmet meal type of thing. Oh my God. You know, I'm people thinking. love those. Yeah, I was thinking, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, how many people have actually tried this? And the thing is, is how many times do people find something on, you know, my wife does it all the time, you know, cooking the Instant Pot, Pinterest or whatever the case may be, you know, somebody puts stuff out like that and, you know, it's, it's raved, you know, it's different. It's something different. You know, you, you make this gourmet meal out of ramen noodles, you know, and 
I love ramen, by the way, but still, like you, you kind of piece together and you, you take these, you know, Vienna sausages and you make them like, you know, it's this prime rib, you know, and <laughs> your context is, is what sells it, you know? Um, and that's, you know, what we're talking about is the content, you know, whatever yeah. you're putting out. Yeah. yeah. It, it, for, for people who don't know what Ryan's talking about, I have a TikTok channel where I, I call it Dollar Bistro. I go to the dollar store and I buy a bunch of ingredients, you know, like 10 bucks of food. And then I make these crazy looking gourmet meals because all you have to do is take something, put a sauce over it, put it on a nice plate, light a candle. And you've got a restaurant quality meal, you know, for 10 bucks. And I, I started doing this ironically and then adding music to it. And I do the ingredients list and all this stuff. And people are laughing their asses off. They're like, dude, you're a genius. Like what, what else can you do? Because I'm, I'm doing just, you know, a meat and a vegetable and a sauce, and it looks unbelievable. It's all in presentation, and it looks like, you know, restaurant-quality stuff. And I, it's something that I had in my brain for about two years, and I finally said, I'm just going to do it because it's funny, and it makes me laugh, and other people enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. People will will find you if you're creative and you're doing something you genuinely enjoy. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's one of those things, excuse me, <clears throat> Um you know, I, I, I look at it and I'm like, this is awesome, you know, because you're just being you. <laughs> Dude, it makes me laugh how just the, the juxtaposition of it, because if you watch the video, the photos are unbelievable, you know, the after. And then the before is just a bunch of like, you know, pieced together, you know, vegetables and cans of stuff. And you just it's just artistic flair, I guess. And I just I just the irony of it is what really makes me laugh. And then I always have like the, the interlude where I'm taking a drink and I'm listening to nineties music and just, um, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of fun with those, man. They, they really uh, get me out of a, you know, a bad mood. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just make sure you follow Rob on TikTok for your next favorite meal. Um, you know, he'd be putting stuff out, uh, you know, weekly, bi-weekly and stuff like that. And uh, cost effective, especially in the uh, inflamed market that we have right now. So just a little, uh, little shout out to your TikTok channel there. But uh, yeah, man, it's, it's one of those things people, you know, and we talk about content all the time because content's important. You know, I, I looked at a lot of analytics, you know, as I started things and you know, I just uh, a couple days ago, um, Facebook alerted me. I broke 5,200 followers, um, you know, on my verified page. And, um, you know, I, I look at, I look at, what people comment on emails I get stuff like that. And that, that's what, that's what I rely on, you know um, you know, an audience that, you know, can relate with me uh, that I communicate back and forth with um, you know, I just had uh, Aaron Blake. Um, he's a singer songwriter on um, and, you know, just to give you an example um, you know, I put out on Facebook and the social media and stuff like that, you know, a um, couple days prior, you know, said, I'm, you know, having Aaron Blake on, did a little nice little intro video, all that kind of stuff. If you have any questions, you know, comment below and I'll ask them, you know, during the show, you know, and then probably about six hours prior, you know, I put up a post, nice little, uh, you know, kind of thumbnail, you know, with him and his name and stuff like that. Going in studio, a couple hours, you know, comment below if you have any questions, you know, so they can get to know the guests coming on, you know, and they have questions and stuff like that. And I'll sincerely ask them, you know, during the episodes, um, which you guys will just have to find out when you uh, watch the interview with Aaron Blake. But, 
you know, it just goes to show you have to be mindful of your audience connection. Um, you know, and it, it's kind of a give and take relationship. People want to be able to see your content, but at the same time, if you give them a little bit to be able to partake in it, they feel they have a different feeling about it. They feel a part of what you're doing, you know, and it's a, it builds a stronger connection is the point, you know, you don't want to just put out content and be like, Hey, watch this. And they'll be like, why, you know, like you have to answer those questions for them, why they want to watch it. You know, you have to have content, even when you're doing your trailers, you know, like a couple of the trailers I've been putting out, Hey, I have this guy that was, you know, on a reality TV show. He's coming on. What questions do you have? You know, what, what do you want to know about him? You know, and let him know who's coming on, what we're going to, you know, kind of talk about and let them be able to kind of connect with the guest as well. You know, because I'm just, I'm just the host, right? Whoever comes on my show is the star of the show, you know? And people have to understand that is you're promoting yourself at the same time you're promoting somebody else. And if you do it poorly, right, they're not, the guest is not going to come on again, right? Because, because you know, you're going to look like a soup sandwich, you know? Um, you know, so I'm more of an open conversation type of podcast. I think it's more relaxed, more genuine. You know, I have formulated questions in my head. Um, you know, before we started, you know, you were like, oh, let's, you know, hammer on veteran world, you know, visibility, stuff like that. And I, I already had it in my head. I was going to tell you, like, you know, this is what I was thinking. And, um, you know, but we have that connection. We think we think alike. You know what I mean? Um, and you've been on an episode before, um, and now things are kind of going a little, little bit better. Um, I, I'm a little bit more comfortable than I upgraded to like a computer that I could pretty much mine crypto with, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, you know, it's a big thing for me because whatever I put my name on, I take pride in it. So it's a representation of me, you know, and everybody should have that same mindset when you're getting into business for yourself. You are the brand, all right? You are the brand. You you are the person that can can make it good and make it completely crumble, you know? So you have to stay in that mindset. That's one thing is a good self-reflective exercise is when a business owner thinks about themselves, they need to think, and the best analogy is cars. Am I running a Pinto dealership or am I running a Rolls-Royce dealership or am I somewhere in the middle with a Porsche dealership? And I always strive to uh, right now I'm, I'm the Porsche dealership. I'm like a little bit above mid price, you know, for my competitors or what I do. Um, but all of us, too many people uh, uh, have that Pinto mentality to where they don't think they're scared of being successful or they're scared of charging a lot of money or they're scared of that up level and they work for too cheap in the first couple of years. But ultimately you should be, wanting to have a rolls royce dealership in five to seven years you know you should be constantly growing you should be like you said you are the brand what you know what what mindset are you bringing forward are you a person that will attract other people do you have good healthy self-esteem you know do you present yourself in a confident fashion and so there should be a lot of of growth and and self-development in that yeah yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it goes back to the point that we're, you know, we're making of, you know, you, it's not a nine to five, 
right? You have to now put a value on yourself, right? How, how much do you value your time? Right. right. Yeah. How much, how much effort, energy, stuff like that do you want to put into your stuff, you know, and becoming more efficient, right? Becoming more efficient costs more money. Right. And, you know, I, I knew early on that at some point, very early on, I wanted to make sure I upgrade my, you know, computer for processing reasons. I save time on editing videos, everything else, but I knew it was going to cost money. Right. But I have to set that goal of, I need to put content out. All right. And, you know, when I took, took the break between season two and season three, you know, that's when I said, all right, time to upgrade. I got enough content out there. People can kind of see the direction I'm going, um, you know, take that break, set things up a little bit different, um, you know, and with that comes more confidence, right? I'm, I'm a fairly confident person, I would say, but there are times when I started the podcast, right? I was never really a selfie person. I'm never really, um, I was never really a social media like got to get on there every day. But when you run a business, right, you have to, again, get out of the mindset. And the Ryan Landry page I have is separate from my personal family page, right? Because I have three pages off of there. I have the Everlasting Veteran. I have Ryan Landry Realtor for my real estate um, as as a realtor. And then I have Everlasting Properties LLC, which is a personal um company that is personal endeavors of investment properties and all that kind of stuff, snow plowing, property management type of thing. Um, you know, so although I don't like have a lot of consistent social media presence, maybe on everlasting properties, because it's more of a personal endeavor, you know, I still, I still have to have check the boxes, right? I still have to have a Google presence. You can Google it you know, the address comes up, everything else, the first thing comes up, right? I have to have a social media presence. You have to check the boxes, but you also have to think, okay, do I need to waste my time on creating such a social media presence with this versus something where people are constantly going to be looking for more content from you, you know? Um, You know, and it's one of those things you got to think about when you're going into business for yourself is how much time and effort do you want to put into yourself? Right. And it comes and it's in that self-care realm, right? Self-growth. You know, how much do you want to grow yourself? If you want to sit there and go, I I don't need to learn anything. I got this. You're going to fail. Right. Because business is forever changing, right? The markets are forever changing. And I'm not just talking about uh marketing or the housing market how you market yourself changes as well with the trends, how, how people kind of view you marketing yourself, just like shift magazines cover things evolve and you have to stay with the trend, you know, and you have to do that with your brand itself. Right. So people can kind of see in the background, um, you know, I'll, I'll bring up the, uh, the newer um, logo uh, as the overlay uh, let's see if I have it. Yeah. So this is the overlay. This is for everlasting veteran as a whole. Right. So I had to think to myself, all right, the headphones are great. All right. And I put a little thought into it. Right. Sometimes we just need to slow down and listen a little bit versus running our mouth. Right. Plus it's a podcast. We got headphones on. Right. Naturally that was the, 
the symbol I came up, it's simplistic, you know, do is distressed. But then I also had to think, all right, I have more than just the vessel. I have more than just the podcast. I have the everlasting veteran LLC, the company as a whole, right? I need to reach a market in which it's a broader audience. Some people are just not going to listen to the podcast. I accept that, right? Podcasts aren't for everybody. So, you know, I come up with a overall logo, everlasting veteran with the soldier. And that's the brand, you know, for the company as a whole, you know? So it's okay to have, I wouldn't say go and do like 10 different logos, you know, but you know, they're linked together. You know, when I post stuff for the podcast or I have stuff on my page, you're going to at least see both of the logos, right? You have to, you have to get people to know the connection as well. Yeah, it, it's a logo is very important because it has to mean something in the eyes of your audience. It has to have like symbolic connection. Um, if you guys have ever seen the, the Warrior Strategist logo, actually I've got it right here. So this is the early iteration of it, but it actually means something. So there's a chess piece and there's cross rifles and then a crest that says Warrior Strategist. And those symbols were chosen for planning and execution. The chess pieces is the planning and strategy. The rifles are the direct execution slash actions. And that comes back from the military. And so that is something that people associate with the warrior strategist. And, and so all of that came together. I'm like, what symbolizes a warrior? Execution and guns. What symbolizes a strategist? Chess. See how that all works? Like it, it's, and a lot of people don't ever connect that. And, and it took me a long time years to come up with this concept that blends both elements of my life the military aspect the warrior part and then the strategy aspect the phd part combine the two and you get a cool logo that represents me yeah yeah and if if people couldn't really see that this is the uh this is the logo yeah Uh, you know so um you know you can kind of you can see the breakdown you know and, and it's a strategic move that's what chess is, you know, um, in the military, you know, cross rifles is, you know, a, a thing. Everybody knows it as a military thing, um, you know, and a, a shield or a center patch type of thing, um, you know, is, is pretty much, pretty much your unit, you know, um, you know, and, and it's a, it's a great logo. It's unique. Um, it fits your purpose um, and people can connect with it. You know, when they see it, they immediately go, you know, that's Rob. That's Rob, the warrior strategist, Um, you know, and in creating that, a logo speaks volumes when you create stuff, you know, and, um, you know, it's one of those things that you got to make sure you're not just throwing something out there and seeing if it sticks, you know, because you're going to keep doing it over and over and over again. Get it right the first time, right? You know, I went back and forth and... You know, the logo kind of evolved a little bit, but, you know, the original, uh, you can see in the upper right-hand corner with the headphones, um, you know, it evolved a little bit, but I didn't deviate. I added an extra ring around the lettering um, on the outside to give it more of a more of a presence, a stamp, I guess, as you want to call it. Um, it's the Everlasting Veteran Stamp of Approval, I guess. 
But, um, you know, it's one of those things that you got to make sure that you get it right, you know, the first time. It may not be perfect, you know, you make a little editing, but yeah. also also get feedback from other people, right? Yeah. Get feedback from your friends. Get feedback from people in your inner circle and your outer circle. And what that's does very, this say to you is such a great question. What's that? What does this say to you? Right. And then you show them the logo and you'll yeah. get some great feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And when I, when I came out with, with this logo, all right, you know, there was a lot of people that were like, Oh my God, that's awesome. You know, you put it on that, you put it on a shirt, you know, because it connects with a wider range of audience, right. You know, it's not just the headphones, right. You know, it's a, it's a military personnel silhouette, you know, walking, um, you know, and it, it just, a broader audience can connect with it, you know, um, you know, and it's one of those things. Yeah. You'll see on like my branding and stuff, because in order to get trademarks and everything, you know, for a clothing line, I had to have my own, uh, tags. Right. And I had to take a picture, hold them up, you know, stuff like that. So like on the shirts and everything, you know, you'll see, uh, the logo with the headphones, you know, um, when it's, you know, supportive apparel for the podcast, um, you know, eventually at some point you'll see, um, you know, broader range with, you know, the, the soldier silhouette. Um, but for right now, you know, I want to make sure that what I'm doing doesn't get copied. That's a, that's a big thing, you know, um, you know, and, and coming out with, uh, eight different trademarks, um, you know, sitting down with a legal team to say, Hey, what do you think I need? Um, is a huge thing because they're going to know, okay, brand recognition, um, website, name, logo, clothing line, podcast, podcast content, um, um, marketing and strategic planning, the packages in which I create, right? All that's trademarked, sponsorship packages, trademarked, right? So people cannot copy. And if this is bringing yourself to the next professional level is because now I work with Rob, the warrior strategist. We come up with something, right? Works for Everlasting Veteran. He's on board with uh, part of a sponsorship package of um, amenities to fulfill. And that is trademarked, right? We came up with it. It's trademarked under Everlasting Veteran, all right? And nobody can copy that, right? Otherwise, cease and desist orders will go out. So it depends on what level of professionalism you want to bring yourself is, is the point to it. You don't always have to get trademarks, but if you're, if you're thinking big picture, all right, um, you're not thinking hobbyist, you know, I'm getting this going, maybe do it for a year, see where it goes type of thing. You know, I'm a 10 year plan guy. All right. I'm retiring in about nine and a half years. All right. So I don't want to work for anybody. All right. I already sit, you know, doing the podcast right now and I go, I could do this full time. All right. But at the same time, I'm a realist, right? I'm so far into my career that unless I have something comparable right now, right? You know, I'm not just going to drop everything. I've thought about it, but you also have to keep it real. You know, um, you know, things, things really take off. I got, you know, some great possible, I'm not, I can't name them right now, corporate sponsors. Um, you know, and that's, and that's the level that you want to bring yourself to, you know, not just, 
media packages and stuff like that. But once you get into the corporate realm of sponsorship, you know, you're connecting with a professional audience that believes in your mission, believes in your product, believes in what you're putting out. So, I mean, what, what are your, what are your thoughts for anybody? You know, and the big thing is transition, right? It's a big talked about topic. And I don't know if I had any relevance on it, but I feel like it's being talked about more, um, you know, especially the other people I talk to. And then I'm seeing, you know, kind of it hitting the news a little bit more. Is it just because, do you think it's just because people are becoming more aware of it or people are just kind of sick and tired of, okay, this isn't working. Let's speak up now. In, in relation to what? In the transition out of the military. Um, I think people are starting to realize how bad the experience is. I took a poll on LinkedIn, an informal poll, and everybody rated it D or below on a report card. And it's like, that's very powerful because you and I co-authored an article and we, we really um, dug into the experience because you taught me some stuff I didn't even think about in the comparison of how much the military spends breaking us and turning us into veterans versus kicking us out the door and not turning us into civilians, right? Yeah, We're right. immediately broken up with, and there's the dear John letter and you're gone versus yep. that, you know, six months to a year that they spend with basic training and AIT and, you know, or C school or whatever tech school. Um, yep. But people are realizing now how broken and disjointed that that uh, career transition and tap really is, and and I think it's a good thing. It's a, it's a wake up call that we can we can do better, and it's not like we need sweeping changes. We just need a couple of small tweaks to the dial to where veterans uh, have a better handle as to what their their post uh, post service life is going to be like. Because you know my story, Ryan. Like I ended up. I had a bachelor's degree, I had a secret clearance, I had avionics experience, and I ended up my friend's couch being a tow truck driver. And, yeah. and that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. It just it makes no sense. I had to claw and fight my way to you know get into school and to build businesses and to finally get some some decent paying jobs. But um, the Air Force did not set me up to win at all. And I'm not saying that they owe me anything. They don't. But they can do better than hey, here's how you write a resume. Good luck, sucker. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's almost in a sense, like, you know, you sign, sign your paperwork to leave. It's almost like an eviction notice, you know, it's like, you know, see you later, like wash your hands uh, and done. And I mean, that's, that's contractual work uh, in a nutshell, but at the same time, you know, it's a little bit different, um, especially when you're in, I think it's more so uh, a disservice of the representation of the military member coming out and the training in which they received. Right. So you have mid, a lot of mid level to senior level uh, military members getting out, becoming veterans, getting into the civilian, back into the civilian world. And they're not represented properly on a resume. The classes, the leadership courses and all, all that stuff isn't put into plain language where a civilian can understand. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the one tweak that they could, they could do immediately where they can go. We need to do a civilian DD-214, all right? Because the DD-214s, like, some of my stuff doesn't even fit on there because they have, you know, 120-character block, you know, 
for the awards or the schools and it's all abbreviated, right? You know, you ask a civilian, even, you know, Oh, my ASVAB score. Nobody's going to know unless they, you know, know what it is, you know, like your entry exam into the military. Right. So there needs to be a breakdown in a clearer picture into uh, awards received and why they received them. And yeah, you can do that in a resume, but a lot of times, you know, the context is missing a little bit, but more so on the training, right? What, what complexity does that training bring that person and what level does it bring them to, you know? Right. So, on the, on the DD-214, if, if a civilian's reading it and they're like, oh, he's got a car and he's got an RGR tab, what does that mean? They have no idea, yeah. like, what that really symbolizes. Yeah. <laughs> or like or like uh, a cab, right? I have a cab. Yeah. It says literally says cab, right? Like, you know, no... Nobody, I mean, a lot of people, you know, there, there's a lot of people, but um, that know about it, you know, what it is, you know, or even if you have like, um, you know, what's the, uh, AAM. Yeah. Right. It just says AAM army achievement medal. Right. You, you know, there's no context to it either of why you received it. You know, I, I got one for you, Ryan G watt, right. You and I instantly know what a G watt is, but yeah. civilian would have, would have no idea. You know what yeah. you got. What you got to do to get one of those? Usually, well, just throw it out there because right now somebody's listening and they're going, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it, it's global war on terrorism, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you've seen combat, but it does mean that you've deployed to a, a place that's probably not so nice. And it depends. On, usually, depends on what your job is, what your rank of service is. But if you've got a GWAT, you've done something. You've been somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just, it, you know, we can beat a dead horse of all the acronyms and everybody can just kind of, you know, press the pause button and leave their computer or phone because we'll lose a lot of people on that one. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it shows that there needs to be a change in that realm to help with the transition. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, in the network connection that, you know, that I'm, I'm building right now, I'll be able to, kind of pass up boots on ground type of information. Um, but it's, it's an aftermath, you know, reassembly, you know, after they're already out, it's got to come down from DOD on that side, you know, and the whole VA side is a whole different story. You know, a lot of people have to understand, and I had an episode about this, 200,000 veterans transition out of the military every single year. Right naturally the system is going to be overwhelmed. Yeah. Right. When I first went to go put in stuff with the VA, you know, kind of when I first got out back in 2012 out of active duty, I still did the national guard thing up until 2017. I was very discouraged. Right. And even over the past three years, I, you know, and just, I guess, put my, uh, put my business out there. You know, I have, uh, a VA appointment, right? It's the end of September. I have one every single week till the end of October. Right. So you have to understand is when you get into the VA system, right. And have a disability rating, right. And I have a disability rating, disabled veteran. I have my VA card service connected. My mindset changed once I started going there and was in the system. Everybody is super friendly. 
everybody's so happy to see you. Your care, right, once you're in the system is not what everybody thinks. Maybe you have some horror stories here and there, somebody that's been in the system or working there for a while, they're sick of their job or whatever. But my experience thus far, being in the system and, you know, going to a VA clinic and having your regular routine, you know, shots and checkups and, you know, I have a sleep study and a neurology appointment coming up that's at a different place. But my overall view before, you know, I got into the system was like, they're going to treat me like shit. Um, you know, I'm not going to get the best care possible. I was wrong. Right. And because of the pre leading up to actually being in the system, you feel like you've forgotten. You feel like you're not, you know, what you've done doesn't mean anything because it's taking so long. The system is overwhelmed. All right. So we all need to kind of take a chill pill for a minute, let them kind of play catch up. All right. Because there is hundreds of thousands of veterans transitioning every year. All right. And there is a lot, a lot of veterans in that population that will be homeless. All right. I think, I think it's like, it's like four, three or 4% of the population are veterans. All right. And of the homeless population, the veteran, the homeless population, uh, it's, it's close to a quarter, almost a half of the homeless population in the entire United States are veterans. Yeah. So, and it's, there, there are things we can do about it. Um, there are people, you know, you're going to have a guest in the future. I don't want to give too much away, but she started a nonprofit that works on that issue and helps mm-hmm. veterans get their benefits. And she created a process that's very fast. It's the most efficient, uh, veteran benefit process I've ever seen, which is why yeah. I sent her to you. So that's going to be a stellar interview. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, she's doing some great things and, you know, we'll put a little bit of stuff out there. I mean, you know, she's, uh, she's running for Congress. Um, you know, she's a, a CEO and, and founder of a company author. Um, you know, so million in benefits given out to veterans through her nonprofit, 500 million plus. And that's, yeah. you know, can't argue with stats. Yeah. Yeah. That's a significant, significant amount. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, that, that's an episode everybody's going to, everybody's going to want to tune in for because, you know, I, I've watched a lot and I do my research before, if I have time uh, to be able to uh, research my guests. So I, I have a true, clear understanding, their purpose, um, who they are a little bit, uh, stuff like that. I try to do, you know, a call, you know, a few days beforehand, you know, just to, you know, kind of see how we talk back and forth, you know. Uh, somebody's very abrasive on the phone. I know. Okay. I can't, you know, can't be joking right away. I got to kind of ease into it. Um, you know, and I'm a serious in nature type of person, depending on the environment in which you place me in. Um, so I get it. Um, you know, but watching a lot of, she's, you know, been on the news many times, um, you know, fighting for, you know, helping with homelessness, um, turning, she's very pro, you know, military veteran, um, and she's a veteran herself. Um, you know, so, I mean, you guys are going to de- definitely want to tune into it. So, so Rob, as far as let's touch back on the visibility side. All right. 
if somebody wants to become an entrepreneur, what have you seen, or maybe, maybe you don't really know the, or can you throw a number out there as far as visibility goes, all right? If somebody has no coaching, all right, they have no understanding of how visibility works, all right, versus somebody that actually, you know, links up with you and, you know, is able to get a little bit of coaching or a lot of coaching, depending on, you know, how much they want to dive into it, you know, what are kind of the statistics, you know, in a year's time of growth, have you seen, you know, from somebody that has zero experience and is trying to do it on their own versus immediately bringing it, you know, to the professional level? That's a great question. And the reason you do need to turn to an expert is because of the ability to fast track. So if somebody comes to me and let's say they have nothing, and a lot of my clients in 2023 had almost no internet uh, presence whatsoever or Google presence. And I got, I fixed that real quick. And so um, the reason you want a trusted pro is because of the ability to create results with speed. And I've gotten my processes down to the point where if somebody comes to me and they have no presence, immediately I'm going to put them in shift magazine. Then I'm going to issue a press release about their business that goes up in under five days. It goes out to all the major like news, news, uh, media platforms, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, you know, it gets hosted in a bunch of places. Then I'm going to write business articles about them. A business article about Ted Fox went viral. Scooter's Garage in Texas. Um, it, got, it was seen over 100,000 times online. People are still like reaching out to him about it. That led to a deal with General Motors for Ted. And Ted, I call him my unicorn because he was the highest performing client I ever had. Um, he got just a ridiculous amount of coverage um, because of our, our visibility plan. You know, uh, Tony Brooks came to me. He was, he was on the uh, team, the Ranger team that went in to rescue Marcus Luttrell. Uh, his article went viral. And so um, sometimes it's a press release, sometimes it's an article, sometimes it's just getting on TV. You know, in your case, you got a series of, of news uh, stories about your business. Yeah. Um, Eric Ranks, 22 Salute, he got on the news. You know, yeah. it's, it got on a bunch of uh, beverage, like high view beverage uh, publications online. Yeah, 22 Salute. Um, but the, the point is, Ryan, when you work with an expert that's got their systems down, they're not going to mess around. They're going to be able to fast track you in ways that will take you years to achieve. So compare yeah. it this way. You're buying, when you work with me as a client, you're paying for my years of experience, fast tracking you through the process. You don't have to register to become like a, a medium or a news break writer. You don't have to register to get on these press release hosting sites. You don't have to learn how to write a press release. You don't have to found your own magazine. You just get on board with me as a, you know, as a, as a client and it's all done for you. Like, and I'm quick. Like I'll, I'll get this stuff done very, very fast. I make some phone calls. I got a bunch of people in the bro network that I can reach out to and like, Hey, feature this guy in a podcast, feature this guy in a magazine, you know, yeah. put them out there. So it's very quick for me to get somebody that visibility that they, that they need. So that's why we, that's why we hire experts for speed and efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that brings me to my, my next point is, you know, when you're, when you're putting yourself out there and you're getting on podcasts, use the opportunity to be able to develop your pitch, right? Because every single time you get on, the more you talk, the more you talk about what you're doing, you actually have a better understanding of the direction in which you're going to be going in as well. 
You know, yeah. you could have a clear vision when you start stuff, but sometimes things change, right? So, you know, when I started stuff, you know, I wanted to create a vessel for veterans to be able to come on, talk, everything else. I did have a big picture with everything that's going on right now, and there's more growth to come, you know, but at the same time, you know, I said, all right, what is what is something that I can, you know, be passionate about to be able to flood into Everlasting Veteran, right? And that is the service dog connection, being hands-on with it, being able to donate to people locally, um, you know, paying for it from the business. It's 100% donated to the veteran. And then I also thought to myself, how can I make it easier for the veteran getting the service dog as well, right? Because yeah. a lot of times life kind of takes over, right? A remote type of thing is a lot easier nowadays, right? And then on top of it, you know, being able to, you know, get the services and the dog certified sometimes is a very lengthy process depending on what organization you work with, right? And the dogs that I put out right now are specific for a PT, a PSD certification, which if people don't know what that is, psychiatric service dog certification, right? specializing specifically in mental health needs, right? Now, some of the dogs I'm putting out, the next one is going to be a Dane, Great Dane. Um, you know, I, I donated the first one, which was a Frenchie, and I created these bonds with other breeders that have different dogs. Why? Because you have veterans with different needs. You have people that can't have a big dog. You have people that need a bigger dog maybe for support, right, physically. Right. So, you know, I really looked big picture into it. And this is the takeaway people need to have is know your audience, know the service in which you're putting out. Right. If you stay in a niche where with the service for the audience you're putting out, you're not going to be able to expand to everybody all encompassing. And when you have you can be a niche in a little bit stuff, you know, for your company. But if you make your company all encompassing, right? You're going to be able to continue to broaden your horizons as you grow and as you develop your company, you know, and that's the biggest takeaway is don't, don't stay in such a small niche, you know, unless, unless that's what the company does. And you know, there's a demand for it. That's a different story. But when you have a demand for service dogs, where you have multiple different demands within that field, right? specifically, you know, you have to, you have to broaden your horizons. You have to make more connections. You have to be able to put services out there that help more than just somebody that can only have a small dog or a small dog's better fit, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's my two cents on it. You know, I try to break it down Barney style, um, you know, simplicity, you know, I wasn't in the Marines. I wasn't eating crayons, but I was in the army and we always had Barney style, um, you know, Simplicity is sometimes the most complex because you're going to overthink it regardless, right? So sometimes you need to break it down even more simple uh, so that you can understand what you're actually doing before you pitch it to somebody else. Because if you if you make it super complex and you're not really grasping the whole scheme of things and what you got going on, do you think the person you're pitching it to is going to really understand or even listen to you after the first three seconds? Right. <laughs> you know, um, so that's that's uh, basically the long short of it. And uh, 
you know, if anybody, you know, is, is listening, you know, and hasn't paused their uh, pause button yet and walked away from their device, I uh, appreciate if you go over to everlastingveteran.com, all the resources are there to be able to become a weekly supporter. You can also make donations. Uh, the clothing line is slowly starting to come out proceeds from that. Any donations, any weekly supporter uh, funding that comes in, that is directly uh, going towards helping with uh, the food for the service dog uh, and the training. Part of the proceeds for the clothing will uh, go to helping with that as well. But there are operational costs. Everybody knows how business works. Maybe not everybody, but there are operational costs of having trademarks and websites and e-commerce. So some of the funding has to go back to the business to be able to keep things going. That's just how the world world works. Um Rob, the warrior strategist, you can go check him out on Facebook. He does have a YouTube. Um, he does have videos out there. He does break down a lot of stuff. He does do uh, some some weekly stuff. Make sure you go check out Shift Magazine um, and go follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok to get those uh, next favorite uh, meal out there. And, um, you know, if you've got any questions, certainly reach out to him. Um, he's very down to earth. He'll tell how it is, um, you know, and he's got uh, a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, worked with a lot of people in his field and has built a brand, a company, uh, and which will help you with your success. And EverlastingVeteran.com has partnered, well, Everlasting Veteran, uh, EverlastingVeteran.com has packages in which you can kind of see how Rob and I have worked together to be able to create a package for your business, to be able to get your visibility uh, package going and get your name out there. So people know you exist. That's the biggest thing, biggest takeaway. People need to know you got a product that maybe somebody wants, but they need to know that you're on this earth and you have a product. So other than that, Rob, you got any uh, shout outs? I know uh, we've been shouting out people the whole time, but anybody, uh, anybody you want to name in particular? Um, honestly, uh, I just want to thank you, Ryan, for, for all the support and the things you're doing with the, the service dogs. Obviously that's a, that's a huge thing for our, our veterans. I'm always, I'm always proud of people that pair up with a cause, you know, I've, I've the nonprofits I've paired up with, um, have, have been very beneficial. Uh, I like to raise money to help people. So just uh, keep doing what you're doing, Ryan. You got a positive uh, movement going. You're doing a lot for veterans and just, just uh, keep that, that upward momentum. So thank you for the, the support and, and for the hours you put in helping people. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And guys, uh, Everlasting Veterans, proud partner with Rock and Frenchies and now uh, Metal Ridge Wines and Danes. Um, you can go check them out on everlastingveteran.com. Uh, under the sponsors tab there, they are partners. I have partnered with them to be able to get service dogs out. Um, two different breeds, Rock and Frenchies obviously has the Frenchies, uh, English Bulldogs and Wimes and Danes have the Great Danes and Winer um, because the service needs for veterans uh, vary across the board. And uh, I understand that. And that's why I want to make sure that Everlasting Veterans able to support as many veterans as possible. I appreciate everybody listening. This is Ryan Landry with Everlasting Veteran and Rob, the Warrior Strategist. Bulldog 3-3, Apache 8 November, fire for effect over. Enemy OP on hilltop, over. Okay.